Hello, Internet, and welcome to this episode of the Geeks Grading Geekdom Show podcast thing. I am Wes Shahola, and every week I take a look at something in the wide world of geekdom, and I review it and give it a grade. That means movies, TVs, books, comics, and whatever else catches my attention that week. This week, with the ending of Season 3 of The Mandalorian, well, actually, last week, that's what it's all about. The Mandalorian Season 3. Also for this week, there's two parts to this. The first part is the spoiler-free part that's streamed, but with this one, there's a part two where I'm joined by another geek and we're going to give a spoiler-ridden review of the season. That's on the way. There's one spoiler in here, but usually I can try to avoid these completely, or at least as much as I possibly can, because I figure that you may not have seen or heard or read whatever I'm talking about, and I don't want to spoil anything for you. I want you to go into this the first time knowing as little as I did and getting it all that way because that's the best way to get it. That said, there is one thing that I need to talk about that's kind of a spoiler. It's really a thing that should come as no surprise to anyone who's seen any Star Wars show or really any big drama at all. I will give a warning about it if you really want to avoid it, but I I promise you it's not going to spoil anything for the show for you, I don't think at all. So, The Mandalorian, as summed up by the Wikipedia, it says, After the fall of the Galactic Empire, a lone gunfighter makes his way through the outer reaches of the lawless galaxy. It's actually a pretty good summation of things of the show as a whole. So as for season three, the first thing you need to know is that this season begins not right after the events of season two of The Mandalorian, but right after the last part of the book of Boba Fett. And going into season two, three, rather, not knowing this left me pretty confused. I did actually go back and check that I hadn't accidentally jumped to the second episode of season three, but I hadn't. The producers evidently did a crossover in the last part of the book of Boba Fett, and I was completely unaware of this because I frankly got so bored with that show after about three or four episodes, I really just forgot when I ever, I sat down to watch some TV whenever that day of the next episode came on, I just forgot about it and watched something else and didn't even think about it until about three weeks went by and I realized I, I've kind of quietly quit that show, haven't I? That means I missed some Mando and Gorgu action on that show and more as it turned out. And this disappointed me. There's two big reasons for that. First off, I don't like to have to do homework in order to enjoy a show. And I know this is something a few people are complaining about regarding the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that there's over 10 years of movies and TV shows and it would take ages for someone just getting started to catch up to the point of being able to enjoy the new movies. The same points have been made about the Star Wars universes of shows, too, uh, with uh, all kinds of movies and cartoons and other shows for people to draw upon and have cameos in and so forth. It's a lot. The best shows, though, are all self-contained and don't require homework to understand what's happening. I was at a convention last year. I was sitting in the audience for a panel on the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, and I thought the show had holes and some problems. And one of the two panelists spoke about how those things, and I'm wildly paraphrasing here because this was months ago and I'm doing this from memory, but she said that they made sense if you had read some of the books featuring Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, I haven't read those. And that's homework 
I don't want to have to go do to be able to enjoy what's presented as a self-contained show. So I hadn't watched the rest of Boba Fett, and I didn't go back and watch it. So that left me a little lost with this season's opener of The Mandalorian. I was able to kind of catch up and just kind of hand wave the fact that, okay, something happened and and Gorgu is with him now. But uh, that left me feeling off. And the other reason missing the, that Mendo gorgu action in Book of Boba Fett, it's disappointing because the last I saw of Gorgu, he had been handed over to Luke Skywalker for Jedi training. And my thoughts back then were that, well, this will be interesting for season three because now we'll be able to see the Mandalorian going off doing his own Mandalorian thing without the young Jedi kid hanging around with him. So that didn't happen, obviously. What seems to have happened, in my opinion, is that the producers decided to keep the cute marketing device front and center. John Favreau put it a little bit differently. He's one of the creators of the show. In an interview for Empire Magazine, along with Mandalorian co-creator David Filoni, he said, quote, We couldn't just hit a hard reset. It's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds for people who may not have seen the book of Boba Fett. But I think the book of Boba Fett offered time to pass. You saw what Mando was like without Baby Yoda, and we saw what Gorgu was like without the Mandalorian, and neither of them was doing too good. So them coming back together was a really good plot point that allowed us to jump back into Season 3 while maintaining the central relationship. Okay. (sighs) All that said, and my obvious reaction to it, I did end up enjoying... Gorgu being there as part of the show. But there were other things I missed by not doing my homework and enduring the rest of the Book of Boba Fett. That includes the Mandalorian den getting a new ship, which, okay, that's not a big deal. That could be hand-waved off or, you know, explained in a sentence in the first episode. The other thing, though, was he was being told he got kicked out of his Mandalorian order for removing his helmet in Season 2. That's a pretty big deal and probably should have been in the show that was titled The Mandalorian and not Boba Fett. And I don't recall, I'm not sure, maybe that had been referenced on the previously on intro to episode one. So maybe we did get some of that, but we got no explanation of why Grogu is back with The Mandalorian. But uh, there it is. Season three begins in media res. And it does have set goals. Din the Mandalorian must redeem himself for the transgression of removing his helmet, as makes sense. To do this, he must, as we learned early on in the first episode, he must bathe in the sacred waters of the home planet. But the waters are inaccessible because the Empire raised Mandalore and the planet is now cursed. So here's that one spoiler I said I would warn you about. You ready? Are you ready to jump back here in a minute? Okay. The other big goal develops when Mando learns that the planet isn't cursed or uninhabitable. Its infrastructure is completely wrecked, but it could support life. So then the next goal becomes reclaim Mandalore. And that means a whole lot more of Katie Sackoff this season. She is back as the titular ruler of Mandalore, even though she kind of gave that up at the end of season two. And she is course in exile since the planet's been considered cursed but with this goal she has much more to do this season 
and I was glad for it. There are eight episodes to season three, which makes 24 in total. Each one advances the story nicely. There's not any two-parters or cliffhangers. It is episodic, which was a deliberate choice by the producers from the beginning, and it works really well. Those seasons did, however, have overarching goals and strict continuity, so kind of the elements of serialization were there, even though they were mostly episodic. They have ramped up the overarching goals and strict continuity a little for this season. Not over much, but each episode very much builds on what came before. The progress to the goals is good and steady, and it could get confusing if you missed one, but they do have the recaps at the start of each episode, and they really do a fine job of summing things up, so maybe it, you wouldn't be so lost if you didn't miss one, but uh, it's just better if you're seeing them in order. The progress on the big storyline is made in steps, and sometimes side steps, and sometimes roundabout steps uh, in each episode. There, the setup. There's the setup for the first goal. There's the getting the things needed for that. There's meeting that goal and setting the next one in place, getting what's needed for that, and then finally pursuing it. In the midst of all of this, there are complications because there have to be complications. It's a show, and if everything worked just easy and one, two, three, it would not be very interesting. So we have distractions and complications and left turns all over the place. We get pirates. We get monsters. We get rambunctious droids. We get a follow-up to a character that seems to be entirely unnecessary. We get more Mandalorians, and we get some really clever touches, and we get some guest stars. As in Jack Black, Lizzo, and Christopher Lloyd all dropping in for an episode. How exactly did that happen? Well, we can thank John Favreau's kids for that. In an interview with EW, John said, quote, One of the things that we really like about working on the show is we like to bring in people who are fans themselves. And Lizzo and Jack Black were both very active on social media. I know Jack from way back, but he was posting and doing Mandalorian things on either Instagram or TikTok. And Lizzo was dressing up like Grogu. And my kids were showing me all these videos of how into it Lizzo was. Close quote. So... He invited them onto the show, and they have big parts in one of the episodes, and then we don't see them again. And I couldn't find any published reasons why Christopher Lloyd was cast in that same episode in a part, but really, I am not complaining. We get the man in the DeLorean as the man in the Mandalorian, so I like it. This also puts him in the camp of actors who have played in both of the big star universes, Wars and Trek. So, there's that. There's also, in the midst of all of this, a plot by the old Imperial Loyalist going on, and we also get an update on whatever happened to both Moth Gideon and those true believers left over from the old Separatist movement. Keep in mind, this show is set about five years after Return of the Jedi, so that makes it about 25 years or so since the Empire got started. There must be plenty of people still around who grew up in the days of the old Republic, who survived the Empire, and are now making their way in the new Republic. Basically, anyone in the Star Wars universe over about 40 years old must have very clear memories of all three eras. It's basically the equivalent of being able to remember seeing Return of the Jedi when it first ran in theaters. That's the amount of time that we're talking about. 
Now, you could make the point, as some hardcore Star Wars fans are probably going to do, that the old Separatist movement was just really an excuse, a setup, a ruse, a way for the Empire to get formed and the people that wanted power out of that struggle to get power, that it was just a setup. And you'd be right. But amongst that whole movement were people who really believed in the movement. You can't have that big of a thing happen without people who are real believers. So those real believers just didn't go away just because the empire came up or the empire fell. Some of them are still out there. So getting a glimpse into their minds and how they think was a nice touch. So we've got missions, and we've got intrigue, and we've got action. We've got most episodes focused more on one than the others, but that's okay. We see Grogu getting all Jedi in a fight, which is great. We get another great hallway moment. We get Grogu's new mode of transportation that I would love to tell you more about, but it would just spoil it for you, and then you wouldn't have the reaction that you deserve to have when you first see it. We get some new alliances. We get some great and reasonable after effects of what came in the previous season. Season, and we get some good funny moments thrown in as well. So all that said, how does this all work and come together? Really well, actually. Not perfectly, but I was never bored, and there were a few huh, moments, but they got straightened out eventually, or I just moved on and didn't worry about it. Kroku. The basics of the plot are good and strong. The characters actually develop, and this being a well-established universe, the setting is very well fleshed out. The way the season ends is also quite satisfying and presents all kinds of directions for the show to explore next season. And there will be a season four. Pedro Pascal has revealed he is coming back for it, and creator John Favreau confirmed as much and said that they are already working on the script. There's a quote from an interview that where he says, we have to know where we're going to tell a fully formed story. So I guess they've got one going. As far as I know, no one has said anything about an ending to the series overall being planned at this point. So look for much more of The Mandalorian to come in the coming years. Now, with me being, as I've said before, not a diehard Star Wars fan, over the course of the season, I might have missed some of the Easter eggs that were dropped. This did not diminish my enjoyment, uh, but maybe I would have liked it if I knew more of the bits and pieces about the lore. And a quick aside about the differences between missing Easter eggs and having to do homework, the little nods to diehard fans from cameos or guest appearances or things in the background or even things right in front of your face, those are one thing. When they're done properly, they're unnecessary to following the story. They're not needed. They're fun extras. Homework, though, that's all extra stuff outside the movie or TV show that you're watching that you really need to know in order for things to make sense. The big example in this season of The Mandalorian being those things I mentioned earlier. Gorgu with Din, the new ship, etc. So, all right, back to it. The production on this show continues to be just great from the costumes to the acting to the special effects. The show producers made a great decision early on when they decided to use as many practical sets as possible. And that this works as well this season as the others. The actors have often spoken about how it helps them when they're acting among things that are real as opposed to a room full of green screens. So this shows. So overall, considering everything, my grade for Mandalorian season three, A minus. That's mostly because of the homework required and because as much as I enjoyed Groku this season, 
I came into this season very curious to see how Din the Mandalorian would be faring without him. And I obviously got none of that, so unfulfilled there. I suppose if you are a big Star Wars fan, hardcore or not, you have already seen this show. If you're not, if you're just a casual fan or if you're just ambivalent about Star Wars and are wondering if this show is worth your time, I say yes, it absolutely is. You will want, if you haven't seen seasons one or two, you will want to start with season one. Not as homework, but because you start stories at the beginning. And even though this is three different seasons of a semi-episodic television series, it's still one big story. All right, this one's been a little short, but there's good news about that. Here's that part two that I teased a little bit earlier where we're actually going to play up the plural in the title of Geeks Grading Geekdom by having a second geek come in. We've got Zeke, who works production for Flynn. So, so in other words, Zeke the Geek. That works perfectly. I yeah. think you should patent that right now. Well, actually, that, that's what Jack Eaton used to call me. Oh, great, Scott. There goes Zeke the Geek. Well, there are your credentials right there. It's official. I think so. Exactly. So you're probably a bigger Star Wars fan than I am, which is fair. And you know the lore, and you've seen a lot more than I have been. I know that you saw all of Mandalorian Season 3. Yes, I did. So I've just finished a long monologue of my take on it. Can you sum up yours real quick? Okay, summing up Season 3. Season 3 was, it was good. However, it was a bit disjointed, I think, in my opinion. It's kind of like it had a problem, the same problem that the Book of Boba Fett had, in that there was too much going on that wasn't actually focused on Mandalorian. They're, they're trying to go into some bigger picture that has to do with Thrawn, and they weren't completely sticking with the Mandalorian. However, I liked all the episodes. It's just they seemed a bit um, jumbled up. See, you hit on something that, that I hit on, too, with that, because the episodes, episode by episode, and this is the part where people have downloaded this so mm -hmm. we can talk all the spoilers that we want with this. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> so we had episode, we had a follow-up of a, the character, a secondary character from the first season, that doctor. Yes. Yes. That mm -hmm. seemed to have nothing to do with anything else, except maybe a slight tangent to this Imperial plot going on to bring back cloning. Exactly. Now the thing is though, it also kind of ties into, and you're probably going to hate this, uh, the bad batch. Well, the okay, I saw all the Bad Batch. Mm -hmm. That was that was two shows ago that I talked about that. Okay, so they're working on cloning on that exactly, and this guy's working on cloning for this exactly. So, but they they I can see the connection then. Now that you brought it up, I didn't catch it earlier. Well, there you go. But that's not something that's really obvious or self-contained in the Mandalorian. No, it's it's not. It, it was something that I think Dave Filoni needed to get. Um, kind of brought to light to kind of continue the story because you got to remember, though, they were going to have the Knights of the Republic, I believe it was, or the Rangers of the Republic. Uh, but because of Cardoon not being able to be available for the show, they've had to scrap that, though some of the stories in that were essential for the prolonging of this, I guess, Star Wars uh, arc as far as the TVs and the movies. So he had to kind of uh, go back and... and and rewrite a few things to, to fit into this narrative so the story gets told so that later on when other things pop up, you can sit there and say, oh, okay, so it was touched on, almost out of context, but it was touched on. So this is getting more and more tangled and intertwined then between different shows and series. It is. And 
what I think that's going to be a problem then. I mentioned this on the first part when I said, if you hadn't seen the book of Boba Fett, that, and I didn't, I, I frankly, I got bored about midway <laughs> through and I forgot about it. Understandable. I didn't make the decision to stop watching. I just forgot and didn't realize till like two or three weeks later, I hadn't seen this and stopped caring. And then Mandalorian season three starts in media res. And I don't know what's going on. Why is Grogu back? Exactly. Oh. See, because that, that's how, you know, season two ended. I mean, season two ended epically. It was great. You had Luke Skywalker right. coming in, and he takes, you know, Grogu, Baby Yoda, whoever, whatever you want to call him, and off to be, you know, trained as a Jedi. You get to the first season of this, and he's back, and he's like, huh? What happened? Yeah. And for those of you that didn't watch Book of Boba Fett, you, you didn't know. So there wasn't any kind of recap. There wasn't no. any kind of like, you know, okay, here's the story so far. It was just, blech, there it is. Yeah, they did have a opening previously on The Mandalorian before episode one, but it didn't touch on the Groku move at all, which seems like the biggest thing that they should have touched on. Because what they should have said is previously on Book of Boba Fett. Exactly. I'm Exactly. So... We got Grogu back. Him being back, well, first of all, I would have liked to have seen Mandalorian just being Mandalorian. Understand. But didn't happen. I enjoyed Grogu being there. He was he was great. He had a couple of really good scenes and one nice epic fight there toward the end. Yes. And yes. And yes. touching on the his no. new mode of transportation that lasted <laughs> for a little while. That was that was I I loved that too. Lots of things in here. I really, really liked. I liked seeing the mythosaur painted on the bottom of that cruiser. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, that, that was fantastic. One of the big things that I took out of this uh, entire season is looking at the actual title of the show. And it says The Mandalorian. I've seen that. It doesn't say Din Jardin. It doesn't say, you know, Bo-Katan. It just says The Mandalorian. And I like the, the way that they are now encompassing <laughs> All of the Mandalorian. We got more of them, yes. A exactly. So this is like, it's, you you think of it as singular, but when you look at the Mandalorian, you look at the way that it's said, it's like, you know, look at the Italian, look at the British, look at the French, look at the Mandalorian. Right. It, singular and plural, that works perfect. I hadn't thought of that, but that's great. And uh, See, that's why I'm the bigger geek. Well, see, for Star Wars, we'll go with that. <laughs> So all in all, disjointed, yes. There, there were steps. Everything stepped in progressions, but some of those steps were side steps. Some of them were roundabout pirouettes that came back around the plot, and big sections could have been cut. And I'm not sure if some of the side bits were bad or good. Like you said, as an individual episode, sitting down and watching it, that, that all worked. I think there might have been, if you're trying to binge it, you might find some things a little distracting. If you haven't seen some of the previous stuff. And that's that also kind of ties into some of the problems that I had with comics. Now, I'll be kind of quick with this. Sure. Is you know, We both have read comics for the longest time. I had to stop because everything started getting spread out in all these other books. And I didn't want to go out and pay four bucks for a book that it's like, I only want, I only want to see part of the story. Right. That's kind of what's happening with a lot of these shows is that if you don't pay attention to what's happened in a previous show, then you're not going to know what's going on. And that is a detriment, I think, to this entire uh, um, 
storytelling process because not everybody wants to watch that. Not everybody wants to read those comics. Not everyone, they just want to focus on that. See, you hit on another point that I've made in the first part of this, and that's nobody wants to do homework to watch what should be a self-contained show. And for this, for Mandalorian Season 3, we had to have some homework. We had to watch the last couple episodes of Book of Boba Fett or go read a recap after the fact to understand. I had to, when I watched the first episode, I had to stop about 30 seconds in and check that I hadn't accidentally started on the second episode. Yeah, because you're like... What? What? Exactly. Yeah. That, that was exactly it. So that's going to be a complication. The best of these stories is go- are going to be the stories in the shows that are completely self-contained, and referencing back to other events is fine, so long as they explain them in the show. We can. Uh, I'm going to throw out Wandavision, okay, the MCU, mm-hmm. because if you started watching that show just cold, not knowing any Marvel stuff. Yeah. It's a weird show about this a riff on TV and um, Bewitched, and she's married to some android thing. And you can kind of catch up because they, they explain the points and make it clear over the first episode. And then more and more you get the background of why this whole situation is. And if you've not seen the rest of the MCU or Endgame you would still be able to follow the show beginning, middle, end. True, true. Because it it did flesh things out, but it took a while. And I think actually that was a a good thing because it kept you wanting more. Exactly. And for this to work in Star Wars and the Star Wars shows, they're going to have to approach it the same way. Because what you said about people don't want to have to watch this and this and this just to be able to watch this, who maybe they got attracted to because they like the actor who's starring in it. Yeah, I mean, again, they're going to make they're they're going to have to make people want more, but it's going to have to be more of the character that they're there for. Right. So that's Mandalorian season two. Any points you wanted to bring up that we didn't get to? Um, the the season kind of reminded me of a Paula Abdul song. Because they would take, you know, two steps forward and one, one step, step back. back. <laughs> the next thing you know, you're dancing with a cat. That's right. Uh, or, or at least ending up with a homestead on the planet. But this, <laughs> and playing with frogs. Well, at least he played with them. He didn't eat it at the end. That we know of. Well, he let it go. We didn't see it, so it didn't happen. Not dead. No body. Not dead. Exactly. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining me. I hope sure, to man. rope you in here more often. All right. And we will go from there. That's, uh, oh. No. I gave my grade A minus. I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to go B plus. B plus. Okay. So those are the grades. Mandalorian season three, worth the time. I'm not even going to say proceed with caution. It's worth the time. It's worth the time. But you're just going to have to, uh, unfortunately, do some homework. Do a little bit. Or, you know, we may have done it for you, and now you know what's going on. Hopefully. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. As always, if you think we're wrong, feel free to tell us. The text line is 901-878-9420. Or if you have something long to say, that's mail at drakehallmemphis.com. For now, that was Zeke the Geek. I am Wes Shahola. I hope we were worth your time. This is Drake Digital.